Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Claire Swinarski, who is a copywriter and content marketer for creative entrepreneurs. She has been featured on the Washington Post, Seventeen Magazine, Bridal Guide, and many other amazing magazines and publications around the country. She's based out of Wisconsin, and she pretty much loves burrito bowls, so we like her. That's she is much. a girl after my own burrito-loving heart. Yes. <laughs> she is on the podcast today, and she's going to break down a lot of stuff that I know a lot of you need help with, like copywriting. So first, we're figuring out how to dive into knowing your ideal client, because you have to start there before you even know what to write in the first place. So she gives you some of her best tips and tricks for that. She then walks through the pages that you probably should have on your website and the others to not worry about and how to actually break down what goes on that website. She gives you some tips on how to avoid the copy overwhelm. So, you know, when you're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling on a page and there's nothing but paragraphs, she's going to give you some ideas on how to not have that happen to you. She's giving some tips on how to be true and yourself, your awesome, amazing, beautiful self in your own copy so you can actually repel some people. And I know that sounds weird, but we're going to go over why that makes more sense than trying to attract everybody. And make sure you listen till the very end because she gives some really quick updates on how you can update your copy today, right now, and not be so stressed about it anymore. So if this is your jam, if you need a refresh for your website or that sales page or your about page, then be sure to give this one a listen, hunker down, put your socks on. We're going to get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. We are super excited to bring our friend Claire Swinarski on. Hello, Claire. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. So today, you guys, we're talking all things copywriting. So if you've ever wondered how you can clean up your copywriting, how you figure out how to even write for your clients, for your website, and where you can kind of DIY hack some stuff so you can take care of this yourself, Claire's going to come in here and give us a bunch of ideas and a bunch of key points to touch on when you are chatting with your folks. So I'm pretty excited to get started. Yeah, I'm curious, before we jump into the figuring out what to even write, I'm wondering, how do you know who you should even be writing for? Or do you have any hints on how to find your ideal client? 
Sure. So I think finding your ideal client is like one of those pieces of advice that everyone hears, but so few people actually do. Like I know when I was starting out, it was like my ideal client has money. That's that's them. <laughs> Whoever has a wallet. But that branding piece is really, really important and has to come before you do any copywriting. Like I, as a copywriter, I'm saying you need to spend money and focus on your branding before you do it on your copy. Because if you try to write and you're not sure who you're writing to, you're going to try to appeal to everyone. And that's obviously not good. I mean, everyone kind of knows that, but still so few people actually sit down and go through it. And this is like straight out of Jasmine Starr's playbook, but she is all about creating an avatar that's your ideal client. And I personally love that. I think it freaks some people out because they don't want to repel people away. But for writing copies specifically, having someone in mind that you're writing to just makes everything 10,000 times easier. So like in my own business, I have a girl in my head and it took time to like really sit through and think about this and talk to clients that I work with and kind of find out things about them. But like this girl is so specific in my mind, like she's 25 years old and she lives in Nebraska and she's a graphic designer and she wants to start looking for passive income streams and she has a baby and she loves Trader Joe's. And I know like so many things about her. It just makes it so much easier to write to her. Like, so for instance, again, on my website, I have a line that's a quote from a movie kind of reworked. And it says, I'm just a girl standing in front of a laptop asking people to use proper grammar. And some people (laughs) will be like, what the heck is this girl talking about? She's crazy, but not Kate. Kate loves Notting Hill. It's one of her favorite movies. She loves romantic (laughs) comedies. So she gets it. And she sees that and thinks like, oh my gosh, this is my girl. I want to work with her. And so when you have that person in your head and every time you write, you can say, I'm writing to them. It just makes everything so much easier and less stressful. So how would you go about finding that person if you're just starting out and you're like, I don't even know who that person is. Is she me? Like, because I think that's what our general, we can tend to think that our person is ourselves, but usually it's not. Yeah, definitely. I think that comes from looking at your business and who you want to work with and get money from. Like, who are the people that in your ideal world, you would be working with. You know, if you're a photographer, do you really want to do newborn shoots? Do you really want to do weddings? Okay, start there. So my ideal client is a bride. I want to do weddings. Okay, well, where do you live? Wedding photography is pretty local. Well, I live in Dallas and I want to work with people who really love the South. Just kind of thinking through who you want to work with is kind of how I get to that. And asking all those really specific questions, like not just how much money do they make? That's kind of the first thing we go to is this person and they make this much. But going through where do they like to shop? What do they like to eat? What do they do when they wake up in the morning? What Do they work or do they stay at home with their kids? Do they have kids? Do they love dogs? Just kind of going through all those really specifics and narrowing down really finite who it is. And You probably will repel some people when you're writing exactly to one person, but you also will attract so many more when they feel like you're writing for them. And you don't just attract that one person. Like, I don't work with a single graphic designer from Nebraska, but by writing to Kate, I write to people who are similar to her, who see that and kind of are in her sphere. So it's not quite as scary as it seems. (laughs) When I think, especially when you're first starting out and you do have the tendency to make it towards yourself or about yourself, that's fine. And that's a good transition. But 
imagining this dreamiest of client who you'd want to be working with. And then as soon as you work with someone like that, like pick their brain as much as you can about your business, about their opinions on what things look like and how things work and what their feedback was. So you can be kind of working towards this imaginary person who you want to be working towards, but basing it off of a real human being. Right. And especially asking what they were thinking when they hired you. Like what problems were they trying to solve that you filled? That can be a really helpful question to ask your current clients. I like it. Interesting. So I'm getting started. I have my ideal client in mind and I'm staring at a blank screen and that awful cursor is blinking (laughs) at me. And I'm like, oh, copy. Yes. <laughs> what do I do next? What do, how do I even get started with trying to fill up my website? What should I be working on? Yeah. So blinking cursor panic is real. It gives everyone flashbacks to AP English and they're all of a sudden freaking out about passive voice and it's like, come back to earth. <laughs> I am all about the lists and I think so many creative entrepreneurs are all about the lists. So I start out with making a list. Look at your website and see where you need copy. Okay. So pretty much everybody needs an about page, a sales page, and a contact page. Boom. Three sections. What else do you need? You know, if you're doing a launch, make a list of those emails that you want to send. If you're working on your Instagram, make a list of the different categories that you want posts to fall under. Having a list can really just help you focus in and not be so panicky about it. Because when you open up that blank Word doc and you have no idea where to start, like it's freaking terrifying. (laughs) Everyone hates it. But having a list is just easy. And then you can kind of look and go section by section and it just feels like you're actually making progress. Well, give us some tips and and tricks also to how to navigate that about me page. I think a lot of people don't use that real estate as great as they should be. It's a very, very highly visited page on someone's site. And so what are some tips you can give someone who might be trying to rework their about page or create it? Yeah. So about pages are like a really frequently visited area of your site, like you said. So it's really important that your about page is like on brand and as perfect as you can get it. So I kind of start out by, again, picturing that ideal client and writing to them. Even as you're talking about yourself, you want to be thinking about your client. You know, what do they care about for you? Like, what do they want to know about you? And adding in those sprinkles of personality is so good. I've worked with a few different clients who are like, well, I hate talking about myself, but people hire from people. So people actually do want to know kind of fun facts about you. You know, putting in that you love burritos or iced tea or Star Wars, because when someone who also loves those things see it, they're going to feel such a connection to you. So when I start out with an about page, like I said, I picture that client and I try to talk to them and I even try to visualize what our conversation would be like if we were in person and I was just telling them about myself. Yes. You know, like, are we sitting around a campfire drinking a beer or are we, you know, am I shooting you an email and I have a cup of coffee and my baby's in the background and I have a messy bun in my hair? Like really picturing those things can really help you just add in that different feeling. And when you're talking about your about page, you also just want to make sure that you're kind of guiding the person to where they should go. So like when you're talking about yourself, you don't just want to end it with, and that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Nice to meet you. You want to make sure you have some kind of call to action or at least guidance to where they should go next. Like you could be like, great, it was so nice to meet you. I want to hear about you too. Why don't you hop on my newsletter list and we can get to know each other? Or Mm -hmm. 
It was so great to meet you. I love working with brides like you. If you're interested, here's a gallery of a wedding. Like, give them some guidance to go next. Ray Edwards is a really popular copywriter. Pretty much everyone knows him. And he always talks about being like the Obi-Wan Kenobi to the Luke Skywalker. And I'm a big (laughs) Star Wars nerd, so I'm all about it. Being that Obi-Wan and kind of leading them throughout your website at the end of every section is really important. Well, I really like the idea of pretending like you're talking with that person in person because so many about me pages start almost like you're on a speed date. Like I like coffee. I graduated from here. I have this many kids and I like dogs Yes, and no one cares about that. And no one wants it thrown. They care about it, but they don't want it thrown in their face, like bullet point after bullet point after bullet point. And so I do think like visualizing you're sitting across from this person and how would you have a conversation with them that struck their pain points and how you can serve them in a real way. Right. And you also don't want it to sound like a resume that you're sending to Wall Street. Like, I studied blah, blah at the University of blah, blah in blah, blah year. Like, those things are kind of fun. If you have a lot of college pride and you want to throw that in there, go for it. I'm obsessed with where I went to college, UW. What's up? But, like, that shouldn't necessarily be the first line of your about me. It just kind of is really dry. Yes. Love it. So in contrast, if you're working on like a sales page, and I guess to be clear, a sales page doesn't necessarily mean like a sales page for a course. Like a sales page could be your services page. It could be a work with me page. It could be the page that talks about investing with you. Like it could be a whole bunch of different things, but how do you structure that? What are some things that you can't miss on that page? Yeah, exactly what you said. A sales page is just where you tell people what they can hire you for. You have to make it really clear what people can hire you for and what kind of things that you offer so that you don't get random emails asking you to do stuff that you don't do (laughs) because no one likes those. So for a sales page, I usually – I break it down in an acronym. hope that's cool. I'm all about the acronyms. And I usually go down the WAVE method. So the W is first you want to focus on the why behind the why. So what I mean by that is you want to think of why someone might be looking for you and then go another level deeper. So if you're a graphic designer and you're designing logos, well, why would someone hire you? Well, they want a pretty logo. Okay, why do they want a pretty logo? Because they want their life coaching business to succeed. Well, why do they want their business to succeed? Because they don't want to be in their nine to five. Why don't they want a nine to five? Because they want to be home with their kids. Boom. That's the why that you want, not just that they want a pretty logo. So first, I try to think of that why behind the why and kind of work that in like, I understand that like you're slaving away at a nine to five and you want to get out of there like you're not into the corporate scene anymore. Then you want to go to the A, which is agree. So that's like just what I was saying to have a connection with people. You want to make sure that they know that you understand and empathize with their issue. Like, I hear what you're saying, and I agree. It's really tough to be in a nine-to-five that you don't like. I totally, I've been there. You can even sprinkle a little bits of yourself in your sales page. Just making that connection and having that empathy with them. Then you want to go to the V, and again, we're going to visualize. So it's just like we said for the About Me page Where are you? Where are you talking to them? Like one line of copy I really love is in your guys' intro song where you say, put your socks on. Like the second they say that, I can just picture like me in fuzzy socks with a cup of coffee on my couch. I'm like ready to listen to this podcast. I have my socks (laughs) on. Like having those little sprinkles of visualization really fosters that connection and makes people excited and see hiring you as like a real possibility. 
And then the E is you just want to have really clear expectations. Nikki Elledge Brown, another copywriter, always says that clarity wins over clever every time. And it's so true. Yes. You want to have really clear expectations about, again, what people can hire you for and what they like what the process will be like so you know laying it out even like here you're going to fill out this contact form then I'm going to get back to you then we're going to do xyz letting them know how it's going to go so that they're not kind of flustered like okay well you can do this for me what do I do I go to your contact page do I fill out a form like do we do we do it together like I don't know how this works so just laying out really really clear expectations and so if you have those four together kind of starting with the why behind the why and then going into the agree, like I understand that you have this issue. I've been there. I feel ya. The V kind of visualize how you're speaking to them to get in the right tone. And then E kind of lay out that clear expectation. Like I can help you solve this problem and here's how I can do it. That is so helpful. Yeah. Right. Guys, write, th- write that down. Do yeah. Do that. Do please. that. <laughs> and not even just on your sales pages, but everywhere. Like, yeah. Yeah. That- Super, super simple. So what are your suggestions when someone's like rehashing the copy on their site or maybe it's their brand new site? So they've opened up their doc, they've got their pages figured out. Do you suggest that they kind of like brain dump on all the docs, copy that over to their website and then clear it up with how it looks? Or how do you really transition from the, this is a paragraph on a Google doc to your website? Sure. So I am a really big believer in I can swear, right? Yeah, you guys. Yeah. I, I'm a big believer in shitty first drafts. Just Love it. So are we. Shitty, shitty, shitty. Yeah. I, um, <laughs> the book Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott is all about writing, and I've got to give it to her. She has a whole chapter called Shitty First Drafts, and it totally changed the way I write because I'm actually all about the brain dump. Like, get it out, girl. Just go for it. Just try. Writing, you just have to really sit down and give it your world. And like, yeah, it's going to totally suck. Like your first chapter of your about page is going to be like, who the heck even who wrote this? <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> and that's how it is for me. And I'm a professional writer. Like I I have nightmares that I will die and someone will find my computer and read like, <laughs> all of my terrible saved first drafts. So yeah, just go ahead and brain dump that crap. Get it all out there. But then go back and really whittle it down. Um. There is like a very interesting trend going on right now where people have so much copy, like so much, just paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs, and it's not even like broken up at all. And the most, the average person is only reading about 60% of your website, if that, like that would be good if someone read 60% of a page. So you want to make things super easy to read. So go back through and just kind of whittle it down, get to your message. You know, like I said, agree with them. You don't have to do that in two paragraphs. You can do that in a line, (laughs) like saying, I understand and kind of shorten it up, clean it up. Um, And then you also want to add some some structure and some things to hang it on, like bullet points, subheadings, anything that breaks it up and makes it just a little easier on the eye to see. So I do that all in Google Docs and then go ahead and put that in your website and you're still going to have to play with it because something might sound really good, but then you get it into your layout and it doesn't look good to have a bunch of text there and you have to play it around. So writing is really a process that takes some time. Like I wouldn't book out a Friday at the coffee shop to do your copywriting. Like this is probably something that's going to take you a couple weeks, but it will definitely be worth the effort. Well, I was so surprised. Well, I I shouldn't say I'm surprised because I've done this before. I used to be a professional web designer and then we were redoing our website and they kept asking for copy and I kept resisting giving them web copy because I was like, I've literally 
don't want it to say anything on this page. Like I like I wanted to say I wanted to have like a sentence. Like, can I give you two sentences? Are you can cool I, with that? Can I have a couple headings? Like, and literally, if you guys check out our website, there are several pages that you would be shocked how few words there are on there. It's all all content from other places. And we're trying to get you to leave the page and explore the website more. So I think that's so important that you can't get stuck on what you're saying. Because it's not like writing an email. Writing for your website is it's totally different. Less, less is so much more, yeah. in my opinion. The only page, well, I guess to two pages where I feel like you can expand is that sales page and the about page. But everywhere else, like your homepage should have like barely anything on it. Like the whole yeah. point is like, get them to go somewhere else yes. and stay for a little while. Definitely. And making every word count is so important. Good practice to do is pick someone that you really trust, whether it's like your husband or your best friend and watch them go through your website and see how long they stay on certain pages and then click away because people when they're confronted with seven paragraphs of text, we've all been on a website where we're like, oh, no, <laughs> like I cannot even no. handle that right now. Like I like if you're interested in buying a course or something and you go and it's like you scroll for an hour, I'm like, it's going to take me a day just to read about it. Why would I buy it? This is like way too much of an investment. You want to lower the barrier to have someone hire you and make it super easy and clear and too much copy just makes that really messy. And again, I'm a copywriter telling you that you don't need that much copy. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind and of if you want but to, if you want to have a buttload of copy, like I think for different price courses, especially our offerings, like the more explanation, some usually the better. But we have it set up where it's like almost like a mini sales page with a buy button and then another mini sales page and a buy button because we're diving them. If this person still needs more help convincing to buy this program or if they still have questions, we're going to answer those, but we're going to give you like 17 opportunities to buy it if you don't want to keep reading. Want to learn exactly step-by-step -step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. So is there, how do you know what to cut? Like, is there a trick to know what is worth getting rid of versus what I should be keeping? Like, sure. There's a couple of things I would say. The first is to just go through and read it aloud. And you will be surprised how you can kind of intuitively feel where you start just talking too much, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if it's on your about page when you just start getting bored. It's like, okay, this is just too much. <laughs> Um, and going you're through by yourself, yes, then. <laughs> then you're talking way too much. And going through and making sure that every word has a purpose. Because again, I mean, we do need copy for things like you said, your sales page, I do want you to have your very clear expectations set out in your process. And those definitely take words. But just go through and make sure that everything has a really clear purpose. And if you can shorten it, then just try to. So like, if you have a product and you spend three paragraphs, like empathizing with a person who might need it. That's a lot of empathizing. We could probably do that in a paragraph. (laughs) And you'll be able to tell that if you read it out loud and it starts to feel like you're like on the phone with someone crying instead of... And this. And this. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So those are kind of the tricks I would I love the trick of reading out loud. Abby and I do this all the time where one of us will write something and I'm just like, okay, like, let me just say it. And it you read it in your tone and in your inflection. And obviously, hopefully you want that to carry over with how someone else is reading it. But you're going to get a lot of clarity just by saying the sentences out loud to clear it up and to just cut some shit out. Yeah, definitely. And that's an also an important trick to kind of see where you start to just sound kind of goofy and not like yourself and maybe overly salesy. Like if you feel sleazy when you're saying it, (laughs) that's also something that you want to get rid of. Another Ray Edwards trick, I'm a big Ray Edwards fan, is he talks about manipulation versus persuasion. So persuasion is focusing on internal pressure. You're actually trying to get someone to put the pressure on themselves to buy your product. So like if you 
are throwing a conference and you're trying to convince someone to register, you want them to be like, oh man, like I really should go. I feel this, this, and this, and I'm really moved to go. Manipulation is when they feel external pressure. Like, oh my gosh, everyone in my industry is expecting me to go to this and I'm supposed to go to this. And so you're trying to focus on that internal pressure versus external. And that's another thing that you can kind of see better when you're reading out loud. Like when you start to sound salesy and pushy, it's just easier to tell when you're saying it versus writing it for most people. Is, is there certain like words or phrases that we could use to not manipulate but persuade? I think a lot of that is really going to come with that empathy piece, just making sure that you are understanding where they're coming from. So like when you're saying things like I understand and I agree, it just sounds a lot more real and authentic. I hate the word authentic. So <laughs> it just sounds a lot more like relatable versus I've seen on some different sales pages kind of things. They'll say, this is what will happen if you don't do this. And they'll kind of try mm. to scare you mm. into it. I view that as a lot more manipulation. Like if you don't take this course, you won't get Instagram followers. Like I'd be like, oh crap. I'm like, sorry, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, like things like that. Like those kind of scare tactics you definitely want to stay away from. Yeah. We use uh, hilarious scare tactics when if we want to go that route because I also find that ickiness of like, if you don't want your life to look like this or this course isn't for you if, and a lot of those like can be done well, but we just make it funny where we're like, we don't want you crying in your soy latte tomorrow if you miss out on this. Yeah, like, which is obviously done with humor because hopefully right. hopefully no one's crying about going- <laughs> Please don't do that. <laughs> if you're really like, crying about your business, I- Hope that you find. (laughs) I hope that you deal with that, not with copywriting, because that's not going to solve that issue. But yeah, so doing things like that, like with a slice of humor, or really just kind of focusing on the positive, like this is what this will do for you versus like, oh my gosh, your life is going to fall apart if you don't take my course. Thank (laughs) God I am here for you. (laughs) Like that, you're welcome. Yeah, (laughs) that's the kind of impression we're trying to avoid. Versus like, you have this problem. I understand. I would really like to serve you by providing you with this solution that might be right for you. It might not. I hope it is that kind of tone. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like I ran into this problem a lot when I was designing back in the day. People would send me screenshots or URLs and they'd be like, I love this website for this reason and this reason and this reason. And I'm sure you run into the same issue with copy where people are like, I love this person's site, or I love how they said this over here. And so how do you avoid like straight out copying someone's words? Because I feel like copying someone's words are so much easier than a lot of other things. Once you hear the tone or the sentence, it's like super hard to make it that much different. Right. And people even do that unintentionally, like all the time. Your subconscious can just kind of start speaking in that other voice. And I used to have people send me websites that they really liked the copy of. And I stopped doing that because I found that I would do, I would kind of write in that person's voice or I would send it back to them and they would be like, well, I really like how this person says this line. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to take that line and put it in your copy. It's just so important to speak in your own voice with copy. And it's another one of those pieces of advice that we hear everywhere. I mean, come on, we say this 8,000 times, like be yourself, but it is something that no one really likes to admit is still an issue. There's still so much 
trying to be like the popular person in your industry. I mean, the same way that we have Instagram trends of like marble and donuts, you get copy trends. Words pop up that become really popular and then they fall out of favor, like authentic. Do you know how many times I have people now be like, please don't use the word authentic because like (laughs) these words come in and out of trend and these tones come in and out of trend. And there's certain people, particularly there's this one photographer who I have so many people be like, please make my voice like hers. I love her voice. It's so great. But that's not your voice. It's her voice. And if it's I can- like changing your personality, that exactly. I can't do that for you. Exactly. Someone, you- someone said this the other day and I, I, it's so, it's really grabbed me and I really have held onto it. It's that we're trying to be cooler versions of ourselves. Wow. And I think that's, I think that's so true that like a lot of times it's not that we're trying to be someone else. I think that we're just trying to like jazz up ourselves. Like, let's be honest right now. I'm in pajama pants on an interview with wet hair And every time you see me online, I have my hair done and I'm wearing red lipstick. So like, I'm literally trying to be a cooler version of myself when you see me (laughs) online. And do I wear red lipstick every day? No. Do I wish I did? Do? I don't. I need copy help. Apparently, I can't. I can't. (laughs) But yes, like I wish I was that person that wore red lipstick around the house. But I don't. Like I wear it when I need to. When I want to look a certain way. And I think we do that to our words as well. Like we're like, I want to sound cooler by using this word right all the time. (laughs) And the thing is, it's so easy to see through. Like when you're on someone's website and you're reading that they're trying to be different than they really are, it's just so – you almost kind of feel bad. Like I feel mean saying that, but I kind of feel bad. I'm either like – you either hired like a really bad copywriter or you just don't – you're afraid of being yourself and you think that that's not enough to get you business. But there's so many different personalities in this world that we all can find our rat race people. Like I'm not, you know, I might not be like the typical marble and copper and coffee kind of Instagrammer, but I'm my own person. My website looks a lot different than the like kind of all white aesthetic trend going on right now because that's just not my vibe. That's not how I am. I wrote copy for a client the other day and I was using words like darling and heart eye emoji, like gag me for myself. Like I I would never (laughs) talk like that ever, but that's that's their voice and that's what they wanted represented. So you really need to think about who you are and real words that you would use. That's again when reading out loud comes in handy because you're going to read a phrase and be like, oh, gross. I'm just trying to be trying it. to be Abigail <laughs> and Emily or I don't know who I'm trying to be, but <laughs> not myself. And so yeah. taking going through and taking those kind of things out is really important. And just knowing that like just because what you love is an on trend, quote unquote, right now, that doesn't mean crap. Like I started a podcast just for funsies, like a hobby, and I hired a graphic designer to do some PDFs for me. And she had something about Star Wars on her website. It cracked me up because I love Star Wars. I don't care if it's not cool. Like I'm a nerd. <laughs> and seeing little things like that, it, you know, that's not really something that's super on trend ever. Only nerds like that, like me. But <laughs> It's, you know, it was something that really stuck out to me and made me want to work with her. So 
Well, and I think it's funny too, when people resist things that are trendy just for the sake of resisting them. And we've talked about this before in another episode, but we get slack almost on a daily basis for cursing or for using the word babe. And sometimes it gets kind of like thrown in our face in the sense that we use babe because it's so trendy and boss babe or whatever. And there is obviously a big flux of those type of words, but it's literally what I call my UPS guy. Yeah. So it's not anything special. I just say it because honestly, I can't remember anyone's name. So I'm just like, hey, babe. Thanks, babe. What's up, babe? Because I do not know your name. And so it just comes out when I'm writing and it's on our website and it's in our emails. And at this point, we're so confident in our copy and stand behind what we say that when we have people unsubscribe literally because we called them babe, we're like, bye. Yeah, exactly. If people are going to unsubscribe because they don't like one word you used, it's like, you were not even my dream client. I can't help you. <laughs> yeah, and and those things are kind. Of, those are going to stand the test of time. You know, if babe ever falls out, you'll still use it. I mean, oh, I yeah. love I love donuts, and I Instagram my donuts. Lord knows that's like the trendiest thing ever. But believe you me, if kale comes into fashion, I'm not about that <laughs> life. Like I'll still be over here grabbing my donut. So, Get that shit out of my yeah. life. No, never. <laughs> Yes. I'm not going to lie. I was super happy about this. The other day we talked about the negative things we tell ourselves in our Facebook group. And someone, I don't even know how this came up because it's not negative, but someone was just talking about subconscious things they talk about. And she said, she says y'all to herself all the time. And I say y'all all the time, all of the time. I do too. And I'm from Wisconsin. It doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Well, and I have a lot of friends from the South and I'm, I live near enough to the South that it's fine, but she's in Australia and nobody says y'all in Australia. And I am so proud that that's now a part of her vocabulary. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, I have made it because I have stuck a word in your vocabulary that is not normal for where you're from. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) That's amazing. No, it's, it is really freeing when you start to write like yourself and you start to kind of give that freedom to use your own voice. It took us, admittedly, I feel like over a year to be fully comfortable to talk to our people how we do. Right. And we would talk to them how we wanted to on webinars and on our Instagram post. And those are the things that got the most engagement. But then when you read our website, it sounded nothing like us. Mm-hmm. And so in this new website venture that we started not that long ago, and we were like, okay, we need to like spice this up and we need to make it as like peppy and as fun as we are in our webinars on our website. And so it had to kind of go through a cleanse and a process, but you guys will get there. Yeah. That's the other important thing to remember about copy is that it's not written in blood. It's like written right. with a keyboard. You can change it so easily. I putz with my website still just randomly just switching words around and just get something out there. Done is better than perfect. And you can yes. always go back and change it later if, if it just doesn't sound like you or if you change your offerings or whatever, you're going to need to go back and fix it. So I think with copy, people stress themselves out so much. I talked to so many mm-hmm. people who are like, I'm a terrible writer and they're really stressed out. I'm like, just sit down, pound some words out. Shitty for draft like and then you know also go back to it the next day you whenever you look at what you just wrote you're never gonna see the issues with it so getting something out there and then going back and looking at it with fresh eyes can really help so if I'm I'm 
I got my copy. I've refined it. I've whittled it down. I put it on my website. And I'm just waiting for that ideal client to come in the door. And yet that ideal client just never seems to knock. I keep getting the wrong person saying they want to work with me. Is there something wrong with my copy or... Or do you think I like, what am I doing wrong? (laughs) Well, Claire, tell me. (laughs) Let me solve all your life problems. Here we go. Get a donut. Step one. Go to Chipotle. (laughs) Yes. Step two, Chipotle. (laughs) Step three. You know, it could be a number of things, but if it's your copy, here's what I would suggest you do. Ask the people reaching out to you why they're reaching out to you. Be like, what? Did, hey, what did you like about my website? And then if there are really people you don't want to work with, and a lot of them are telling you that, well, maybe you need to fix that phrase. <laughs> I used to be, like I said, I used to be terrified of having a dream client or repelling anyone. So I was like, I can write anything. Like, I'll write literally anything you ever need me to write. And so I had a lot of really random writing requests. And when I started to ask people why they reaching out to me and be like, I just love that you said you could do anything. And I was like, cut it out. (laughs) Yeah. So doing that can be helpful. Also asking those dream clients that you work with and that you have a good relationship with, maybe like how they feel about your website, what they like about it or don't like about it. Because, And this obviously has to be someone that you have a good relationship with, not like a brand new client. But if you have them look at your website and they're like, you know, your About Me pages isn't really super connecting with me, you know, maybe then that's something you could look at. So I think, like I said, you can always fix it. So it's a lot of just trial and error in that respect. Well, and I think it falls down to people's one sentence also. I met when I was working with just photographers, there were so many people who on their website, they were branded as like a general lifestyle photographer. I like, you know, catching romance and laughter and fun. Well, that could be for literally anyone, a wedding, a family, a baby, it doesn't matter. And so someone would book them for a wedding or a baby, and then they would hate doing it but they would always keep doing it Mm -hmm. because that's what their website was attracting. And so it usually comes down to like, who figure out your ideal client? Who do you want to be talking to? And what does that sentence say? Like, who is it talking to and making them say, yes, I want to work with you. And it's not clear enough. If it's too generalized, then go through and weed some people out. Yeah. I had a wedding photographer once who really wanted me to include the line, I love working with brides of any budget. And I was like, are you sure? (laughs) And she was like, yeah. And I think it was because she was kind of new and she just really wanted to get clients in the door and build her portfolio. But she then kind of came back and was sort of upset because she had a lot of brides wanting, you know, a wedding photographer for like a thousand dollars. And I was like, girl, that's because you put that phrase in there. (laughs) Because and no shame to the budget bride. I had a budget with my photographer for sure. But, you know, that's who you want to attract. That's who you're going to attract. So you have to repel. I mean, you just can't do business without repelling people that you don't want to work with. Yeah, I was so afraid. I was so afraid of that. I'm not going to lie. But when we started repelling the people, I was such a happier person. Because I was like... I work with people that I enjoy so much more. I look forward to that. Like, even now, like, you would think, oh, we sell courses to people online, so they don't really, we don't have clients, so we don't actually know these people. No, like, I know who buy, who buys the courses. Like, I'm friends with many of these people. They are the people I text. They are the people I call. They are the people I hang out with on Instagram. Like, they're still technically clients, It's just a different type of relationship and the way we serve them is different, but I'm very aware of 
who's purchasing our products and services. Yeah. And that's a lot of what it comes down to, too, is just awareness. Just like I said, talking to your clients and seeing why they reached out to you, why they hired you, and knowing what your client base is like is always going to help you with your copy because you know who you're talking to. So like when you talk about your courses, you know the people buying them, like you said. Yeah. So you're texting them. So it's easier to write to them. So how would I know? I've been doing this by myself for a while. Why when would I hire someone? When does it make sense to go into the, I actually need to hire a copywriter to help me do this? Sure. So like I said, I think some copywriters are going to be like, please stop talking. But I just honestly think that copywriting is something that comes a little later. Like you said, I think you've got to have that branding down. Like you've got to have a website, those kind of things. And I even say, Try to write your own copy and see if you can do it. Like I said, it's not like that big of a pressure. Give it a whirl and (laughs) see if it's working. But if you feel like it's not working, that would be a great time to reach out to a copywriter. Like if you really feel like copy is your issue. Because also working with a copywriter can then help you be a better writer. Like when I work with someone and they kind of see what I do to their website, it helps them write their emails and it helps them write their Instagram captions because you can't hire a copywriter to write literally every word for your business ever. Well, I mean, you can if you want to call me. I'm all about it. (laughs) But most people do not have the budget to do that. And so working with a copywriter can really help you learn how to write. But I would say if you're ready to kind of either launch a new product or have a new course or rebrand your website and you have the budget for it and you just want to kick it up a notch. And also if you just don't enjoy it. I mean, some people just really don't enjoy writing and that's fine. I can technically make graphics. I hate it so much. I hate Illustrator so much. I will always pay someone to make my logos, um, even though I can technically do it. So if you just really don't like writing, that's fine. That'd be another time to hire one. So I just, I do think you have to be a little bit further down the road and I think you have to know your brand. It's so hard for a copywriter to talk to someone and be like, who are you looking to hire? And they're like, oh, you know, like someone who can afford me. That's it. (laughs) No other guidance. That's literally the copy is like, like an ad (laughs) looking for (laughs) looking for people with wallets. Yes. Um, (laughs) Not good. Yeah. So I'd say if you have a big kind of launch coming up or a rebrand and you don't enjoy it, or if you want to like learn a little more about writing and you maybe want to hire a copywriter to do your web copy and then take what they've taught you and use that for like a launch funnel or something. Do you recommend someone maybe having a copywriter step in once they do their attempt at their sales page, for instance, and say, okay, make this like, give it some extra stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of copywriters, including me have like different packages. Like one package would be just starting from scratch and I'll like talk to someone over Skype and ask them, we'll go through all these questions about their brand. Um, and then I'll put it on a Google doc, but there's another one that's just wordsmithing. So like you send me what you have and then we still chat face to face over Skype. And so that I still know your brand, but it's a different kind of writing experience. Someone just like freshening up your copy. And so that might be good if you just, just think that maybe your copy is the issue on your website. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Super helpful. So let's get into our talk strategy to me segment. If you were going to provide two quick ways for someone to update their copy right now, today, they can do it today. What would you say? So the first thing I would say is to be go through your website and 
kill your darlings, to quote Stephen King. You got to <laughs> cut down on those words. I feel like one of the main problems I see on websites is just words, 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 and they're also not broken up at all, you know, with the yeah. subheads and those bullets. So if you look at your website and you see these huge chunks of text, go through them, read them aloud, like we were saying, read them aloud to someone you know and love and trust. And if you feel awkward saying it to them, then it should not be on your website. <laughs> and go through and cut some of your copy, which will hurt your heart, but it will be good for your business. So you can do it, I promise. And the second thing that I would say would be to then go back through and try to add in where you need to add in and make sure that things have little sprinkles of personality with them. So, you know, instead of saying, click to my sales page to learn more. Think about how you would say, how would you really say that to someone? Would you really hand your computer to someone and be like, click to the sales page? Or would you be like, (laughs) check out the sales page if you want more info? You know, those are two totally different sentences. And when you're adding those things back in, then make sure at the end you have a call to action that's just very specific and well-written. Again, just to kind of guide them through your website. You never want a page to end with just end, bye, with like nothing else for them to do. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. No. So I think by going through and cutting and then going through and adding back in, they sound kind of counterintuitive. But now that you have this knowledge that we've talked about, hopefully it makes things a little easier for you. I love it. That was super helpful. Good. Uh, I'm so glad. Claire, thank you so much for coming on today. We had a blast. I would love for you to tell our audience A, how they can hang out with you online, and B, if they are interested in jazzing up their copy, how they can hire you. Sure thing. So you can hang out with me online at my website. It's www.clairswinarski.com. My last name is real, real clunky and Polish. Sorry about that. We'll pop the link. In the <laughs> like I'm not even going to spell it. Everyone will spell it. <laughs> and my Instagram is what Claire saw. And if you want to hire me, all the information for that is over on my website. So I would love to chat with you. Awesome. Thanks, babe. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.